are totally under the influence. From social media influencers, athletes, entertainers, and business moguls, it's time to get inspired. It's time for Under the Influence with Tom Ward. And now, Under the Influence. Holy shit, we're sitting here with Cody Co. What's up? Live. I appreciate on time actually early, which is very rare for a YouTuber. I deal with a lot of YouTubers. I, it's some, I think I got that from my mom. I'm, I'm never late. Never? It stresses me out so much to be late. Yeah, I don't get that. Sometimes we'll do interviews and I'll get a call like 20 minutes in. Do you still want me there? Yeah. I got that without naming the YouTuber. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, what you no, hear? No, put him on blast. Why not? <laughs> no, no. Tana Mojo. Tana Bojo. <laughs> we'll put Tana on blast. But she's there good. Go. She did me a solid. She yeah. showed up. Yeah. But yeah, so I appreciate you coming yeah, here. Yeah, no problem. Congratulations on two things. Okay. Shorty Award for Best Podcast. Thank you. And getting blocked by Biebs. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Very busy month. The latter I'm not proud of. What happened? What was that Because I'm, I'm a Justin Bieber fan. Who's not? Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. I'm like, a, I've always been a fan. So what happened? Yeah, we were, so like, I was in the car with my girlfriend, and uh, someone, someone mentioned like, hey, have you seen like Justin Bieber's story recently or something like that? And mm-hmm. I was just like, in my head, I'm like, I haven't seen one of his stories in like a long time. Yeah. And I was like, so I, I tried to search his name. I couldn't search it. Like, it like doesn't come up. On Instagram? When you get blocked, you like cannot see that like I oh, even yeah. if someone like tags them in a picture yeah I, and I click the picture the tag won't come up so I'm like so I go on on his wife's page yeah and I'm clicking all the pictures I'm like is his wife just not tagging him in all these pictures that's yeah. so cold and then I realized no he's got me blocked so, so you know. have no idea he, he could have blocked you a year ago yeah I don't know I think it was like I don't know five months ago or something like that do you do not that I'm counting <laughs> <laughs> we like I was like watching a lot of your videos too and that cringe stuff do you, did you ever do anything on Bieber or no? No, but like pe- people that are like sort of. In his circle? In his circle, I think maybe. Okay. Maybe that's, the, maybe that's the issue. I don't know. I don't know. He's also like religious and we like, we bagged on those two um, girl defined girls. So maybe he saw that and was like, I don't, I don't, I don't mess with this. I don't know. Can I swear on this or no? Of course. Okay. Swear away. Yeah. Go nuts. I don't fudge with that, you know? And <laughs> <laughs> hey, congrats on the, on the podcast. Thank you. Now. I'm interested, like, in the process of it. First of all, how did you and Noel hook up in the beginning? Um, well, we—it's actually—it's actually a pretty funny story. We like had spoken online a little bit just because we were both like making videos. We both knew each, of each other on Vine. Mm-hmm. We followed each other, and so we had like spoken a little bit. We were like, "Hey, we both live in LA. We should get together, and make some videos." And it never happened. And then uh, I got a job. My first, my or, like my, my second job in LA. Um, it was a software engineering job. We'll talk about that. That's so yeah, bizarre. Yeah, that's, yeah. So strange. Yeah, yeah. Most YouTubers are high school dropouts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you went yeah. to Duke and yeah, you were no, computer I, engineer. Yeah, I started doing this like way too late, basically. Um, but he, so like my new boss, the first day of work, he like led me to my desk and the desks were like, it was like a row of three and then a row of three attached on the opposing side. So like facing. Okay. And he was sitting at the desk, like opposing mine. He worked with you? Yeah, he he was on like a different. He was like an engineer as well. He was like oh, on the no web way. team. Yeah. Oh. And I was. We were like both looked at each other. Like, what? Like, are you stalking me? This is so weird. And uh, just so we meant up, to be. Yeah, yeah. So we ended up working together for like you know over a year, but then like making videos and stuff on the side. Okay. And then um, basically, I quit to do this full time, and he was still working there, and. We, I had him on my podcast a couple times. I had started one individually. Were you doing YouTube and, or were you doing Vine, yeah, yeah, yeah. Vine at the time? No, no, no. This is after Vine shut down. So this is like, okay. this was like I was full on doing YouTube, started a podcast. 
and had him on a couple times and like, which is like a really good flow, like really good, like chemistry when we were recording. It's kind of hard. Like I, I started interviewing people, like I'm sure as you know, like I started interviewing people and it's yeah. like sometimes when you don't have like a good like vibe, do we it's have like a good, hard Do we have a good vibe? To, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, or, like, know. Maybe if, we don't. If you get someone who's not used to like having conversations like on camera, like it's recorded, different. right? Yeah. You're like prying, yes. like trying to get like answers and stuff like that. Yep. And with me and him, it was just him. like an easy flow. And so eventually... And that's rare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super rare. Um, and so eventually he got, he got laid off from his job and I was like, don't find another software job. Like, let's, let's do this podcast. There's a website called Patreon. We could, we could start it on Patreon and try and make some money right out of the, right out of the gate mm-hmm. so that we're not like waiting on advertisers and stuff like that. And it ended up working. Like you like had enough Patreon. of a following where you can go on Patreon and people would pay to, to yeah, watch Yeah, basically it. we were like, let's start this show on Patreon, have it be Patreon exclusive for a week, and then it comes out for free for a week. And which, that was the podcast? Yeah, that okay. was the podcast, yeah. And, I mean, it's been like a year and a half now, and it's, we're like the 24th biggest Patreon on the site. Wait, so a year and a half ago you had a real job? He did. I, now it's been like two, two and a half years since I That's quit. not that long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's great advice. I just saw a good meme on, I think it was Instagram this morning, like overheard in LA, and it said, like, I want to quit my job and be an influencer, and then her friend said, your soul isn't free enough, and people don't like you. <laughs> you know? But, like, the point is everyone wants to quit their job to, like, do this, yeah. where you were a good example of you didn't have to quit your job. Like, you had a real job, and you still figured out how to build your following and create at it, the same time. Yeah, it was really, it was, it was really weird, because it was, like, it almost was, like, a, a blessing in the beginning, because I just didn't. I didn't give a fuck about what anyone said because I was like, I'm an engineer. Like, yeah. I'm just going to do this because I'm good at this and whatever. This isn't my... So I never worried about, like... I still have like, a paycheck. Yeah, I'm I never good. worried about, like, like what people online thought of me or whatever. I was just, like, I was just doing this literally for fun. Yeah. And it was, you know, then back in the Vine days, it just, it was, it was like that. And it, I think it, like, helped, helped my, like, Your freer, kind of. Yeah, yeah. I just was like, I'm just going to do whatever the fuck I want. And then... Um, yeah, and then eventually, like, it, it started becoming my job, but it was, like, more, you know, I'm, I feel like I'd, I established, like, a tone by this point. And, mm-hmm. like, you found I, your I voice. I found my, like, comedic voice a little bit, and so I think it was, like, a blessing in the beginning a little bit. What'd your parents think? Did they pay for Duke? Well, let's get into Duke a little bit. So yeah, yeah. You're from yeah. Calgary, yeah. obviously a smart kid, yeah, yeah. and you were a swimmer. Yeah. So do you get a full ride to Duke for swimming, or was it a partial scholarship, or do your parents have to foot the bill? Yeah, my, I mean... I like basically I got I got into Duke via like recruit being recruited. Okay. And at the time Duke didn't do scholarships for um for diving. It was only like this part of the swim team. So like when I decided to 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 do like this stuff like comedy full time, like my you know my parents were like you sure like you got yourself covered cuz like as soon as I graduated college I was on my own. Yep. Um and and I was like, yeah, I mean, like, I, I, I'm going to make substantially less money right now than I would be as a software engineer because mm-hmm. that's, like, a pretty cushy job. Yeah. So, on some level, didn't your parents think they were, you were crazy? I mean, here they go, their boy, swimmer, computer engineer. If I'm, I'm a parent, like, that's a steady job, steady income, good career for them. You want to quit and become a comedian? Like, are you nuts? It was, like, a, it was a pretty, like, calculated decision. It wasn't, like, I'm not the type to just, like quit and be an artist and be like, you know what I mean? I'm going to make sure that I have some sort of like yeah. <laughs> momentum or something. There's a plan. Yeah, exactly. Or it's like, you know, and at this point, like I had kind of proven I could build an audience on Vine. And so it was like, you know, I can do this again on YouTube. I just got to figure out how. And if like, 
it's kind of what I've just realized about like being a creative person is, it's just like, it's like anything else. It's like you pick up something and you really, really put time into like learning mm-hmm. how to do it. And you put your 10,000 hours. In yeah, exactly. That's really the only way that you can, and it works, right? Like if you're, if you're, if you're a swimmer, you spend 10,000 hours in the pool, you're yeah, going to be a good swimmer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. You spend 10,000 hours creating yeah, exactly, content, yeah. you're going to be And good. you realize, you, like, as you're doing it, you realize, oh, this is just about, like, it's like programming. So it's about, like, recognizing patterns and figuring, figuring out, like, you know, how to... And then, and then you find your voice and you find your style and stuff like that. But, like, up to that point, like, it's really just, like, a learning process. Sure. What was... So you hook up with Noel and you start doing your podcast, what was the vision at the time? Like, what was the goal? To get a ton uh, of viewers and get advertisers to, to be funny? Yeah, like, I mean, like, we wanted to be, we wanted it to be, like, its own self-sufficient thing. Okay. Which we knew it could be. Mm-hmm. Like, we've seen, like, we saw other podcasts that were really successful, successful on Patreon. Like, which ones? What, and, what did you look up to? Um, man, I forget. Who were who some of the podcasts you go, they, they got to figure it out. I, I really I like mean, honestly, the only podcast that I listen to is, like, actively is How I Built This. Oh, okay. It's an NPR podcast. So, okay. like, I listen to that, I'm like, yeah, this is, like, they yeah. know what they're doing. They got, like, Amex ads and stuff like that, but it's <laughs> NPR. I mean, like, of course. Um, but there was a lot of podcasts on Patreon. I'm trying to figure out, like, like the Doughboys, okay. for okay. example. They were one of them that was, like, they had thousands of patrons. Okay. And I was, like, thinking just in my head, I was, like, I was, like, even if we had, even if we converted 500 people, you know? I was getting probably, like, on my individual podcast, I was probably getting like 90,000 free listeners at that point, right? Oh, wow. So I was like, if I can convert 500 of them mm-hmm. to be paying subscribers at five bucks a month or whatever, that's like 2,500 bucks a month yeah. already. And I was like, that could potentially pay rent for yeah. both of us. And so we were kind of like, this, this seems like it's something we could achieve. Mm-hmm. So uh, maybe let's try and make this like a business right out of the gate. Gotcha. Where we could. So did you form an LLC and. I mean, I already Cody had one, and, so... But did you do one together, or was it still separate? We just did it, actually, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it was more a handshake, hey, we get it in, we're going to split whatever we make. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was more of like, a, this can go through my LLC or whatever, and we, okay. can, um, and we can just split everything. And so, you know, a year, a year into it, or less than a year into it, we, our tickets went on sale for our first tour. It was mm-hmm. basically like a test tour. It was a four-show run, like, on the West Coast. And, um, did you, how many followers or how many listeners did you have at the time? I don't know. I don't remember. Like ballpark. I mean, what made you think people are going to go see us on tour? I mean, did you have a big enough following at the time? Yeah. Well, it was like, it was like at this point, like our videos together on my channel mm-hmm. were getting like millions of views. Oh, wow. Um, the podcast was still growing. It was still kind of like in its early days, but, um, was that two different focuses? Like I got the podcast over here. Did you start doing videos together at the same time? The videos came first. That's the first uh, thing we did together. I got you. Okay. Was was we, yeah, it was like a, it was like basically me and him got together and we were like, let's just like make fun of stuff together sort of thing. Like, like a Tosh.0, oh, like that's the first thing I thought of when I saw you, like yeah, yeah, yeah. that kind of same yeah, vibe. Yeah, like yeah. We'll pull just kind of like, let's have stuff. fun just like talking about stuff. Yeah. Like, um, and so the very first video we did together was a video called, uh, or I mean like the very first in that style was a video called um, That's Gross that we did on my channel where we reacted to this like blowjob robot. <laughs> That somebody had made. Okay. It ended up being like a really funny video. Like I had a blast editing it. Yeah. Like I was laughing the whole time I was editing it. And I was like, this is a really cool style. And um, so eventually we just like started doing more of that style where we'd find like funny videos Mm -hmm. and kind of like bag on them together. And then it just became like a series. This like, you know, series just happened like kind of naturally. Okay. 
where people were like, when's the next That's Cringe? And we're like, well, I mean, let's do another one. And then we another one another day. And then now people are like, I love That's Cringe. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with the Love Island series on his, on his channel. So yeah, that's basically how we'd vlog together, like when I, when we worked together. Mm-hmm. So that was those were our first like videos that we ever made together. Okay. And then this style just kind of happened naturally after. What's the pro? I mean, this may not be interesting to a lot of people, but I love comedians and kind of I'm interested in the process. Okay. So when you guys first sit down, I mean, is it, you know, sitting down, smoking weed, and <laughs> sitting at the table with a pad of paper? Is it we're gonna sit down and we're just gonna kind of wing it and we'll edit it down? Like so, which like you talking about like the cringe videos and the any of them, the video or the podcast? Like, do you have a real game plan? I want to tell this story, this this. We're gonna focus on this video. It's all like off the cuff, pretty e- much everything. Pretty much everything. Like the videos that I do individually, like I'll I'll sort of like write them out a little bit more. But mm-hmm. um, when we're like kind of going off of each other it's it's all like off the cuff and you don't you have to have some loose structure right we want to do the blowjob machine or we want to yeah, yeah, yeah. so we have like some this some cringe video yeah, yeah, yeah. we, we have like something that we know we're gonna like yeah. use as like fodder for conversation but it's always That's just it. yeah wow so it's that natural much. like you said when you first met him you had a immediate kind of rapport mm-hmm. and it really is that simple yeah. i found the right guy we're just funny together and we watch the video and that's it yeah pretty much yeah <laughs> It sounds easy. Yeah, no, we're and then just we got like, millions of views. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, it's like we put a lot of time into like into everything in between. Like, right, we put a lot of time into finding the right thing. Okay. Because you can't just like, I don't know, you can't just like pick a random thing. Like, people will send me videos all the time, and be like, "Hey, this is perfect for that's cringe." And I look at it, and it's got like seven views, and I'm like, "What? We're gonna just bully this random person?" No, like, it's got to be the right person where it's like they're making fun of themselves in a way, okay. so it comes naturally. Um, do you like? I saw the violin guy was a great one. Yeah, yeah. Does, yeah. So it ha- does it have to have enough views where this guy's u- the person's used to getting negative comments and yeah, it's probably like they're like established as a okay. as a like people either follow them because they don't like them or they like them or whatever and it's just kind of like you don't want to pick a girl in their basement in, with their no, second video yeah no make her cry <laughs> never do it's that, not the no. goal <laughs> yeah exactly so how do you pick your videos if you do you get some submit it or do you just randomly troll the internet and it's honestly it? a mixture of both it's a lot of just like sitting on youtube and going down weird rabbit holes and stuff like that okay do the that's cringe ones when you bag on like i saw the lele pons one mm-hmm. do you do you worry about the repercussions i mean i know her fans are insane so like when you you know you're going to get backlash before you even post it is that a thought or is it just i mean we don't have it <laughs> It's just going to be. We don't fun. really have a lot of crossover with fans, so <laughs> okay, all right. I don't really have to be worried about like mutual fans being pissed. Yeah, but so her fans know. are going to be pissed, so you don't care because it's not your demo. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I don't. I don't know. I don't feel like eight year old girls like me very much. Sure. So I'm not really even worried about that. What's your demo? Uh, it's eighteen to twenty four. Okay. Sixty forty male to, or female to male. Oh, that's a pretty I good think. split. Yeah, I mean, that's what YouTube tells me. So okay. Podcast skews a little bit more male and a little bit older. Well, that's probably Funny the enough. podcast listener, yeah. right? Yeah. Probably more male, older. Yeah. You know, the 14-year-old girl's probably not listening. Yeah. Unless yeah. Lele comes out with a podcast, and maybe she will. Yeah, exactly. Maybe. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> so you got all that going on. The tour, I, I read, and this is interesting to me, kind of, you said it was anxiety-inducing being on stage, mm-hmm. which seems weird. I, I kind of get it, because YouTubers, you're in front of cameras all day. You're putting yourself out there. You're judged. But is it, it's almost kind of protected. Yeah. You know, and you're not getting that immediate negative feedback either. Yeah. You're not standing up there and they go, you suck. Yeah, yeah. You know, they may say that in the yeah. comments weeks later yeah, yeah, yeah. and you can choose to read them or choose not to. Yeah. Is, what was so anxiety, um, 
inducing? Was it being in front of a crowd? Was it getting hecklers? What was it? That- I mean, it's just like the most vulnerable like thing that I've done at least where it's like if you if you mess up or whatever like you said it's like the feedback is like immediate like if you say something and you get crickets you're like that's not a good feeling at all Mm -hmm. and it's scary right like we're on stage for 80 90 minutes a night it's a long time to just be sitting in front of a crowd what's making sure that they're entertained so what's the you know what do you do for 80 minutes uh we do like uh, it's basically like 45 minutes of stand-up, and then we'll do like 15 minutes of something you could expect from us on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it's a Q&A for like 15, 20 minutes, something okay. like that. Now, have, have you done, did you do stand-up before this, or this was a new... A little bit. So that- like I had been doing it for like like on and off for like a couple years, but on and off as in like I go through like a couple months where I'm doing it regularly and then just stop. Would you drop in like Laugh Factory or no? Never did anything improv like that. Or, no. So where would you do it? Just like open mics. Okay. Yeah. That seems like the scariest and also the hardest thing to do in all of entertainment. You're up there yeah. naked with a mic. Yeah. People don't know you. Yeah. And you just have to make strangers laugh. I mean, and like I wasn't like I, I like I got to give you know I'm I have immense respect for the the comics that are really on like the open mic grind because it's just like. It's grueling, especially here. You're driving, you know, 45 minutes between mics at these, and I'm like a morning person. I'm mm-hmm. not at, like I cannot stay up past 10:30. And that's where that's where you're yeah, I mean, it's all like nine, ten, Midnight. like that these mics go to, and it's like sometimes you never even get picked. You're sitting there for three hours watching other comics, and you don't even get picked. And like people will do that for years before they're, and and you know they get their chops doing that, and but they may never make it. They may never make it. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, it's just like it's. It's, you know, I feel like we kind of took a shortcut a little bit, which I don't, I feel like there's no shortcuts in this industry, but um, it's nice that, you know, I'm able to be up beside Noel because like we have, you know, it's kind of like a good safety net. Yeah. And so it's really like a good way to like put in time on stage without feeling like total, like a hundred percent out of my element. You do you know? ever want to do it solo or that's yeah, yeah, I would, I mean, I would love to like do solo stuff one day. I just like, I'd, you know, or like at least like be on stage for like a solid like 30 minutes yeah. and just have my own set. Yep. Like that would be an awesome achievement. Sure. Um, but I really love like performing with him. We got, like, like I said, it's like a great, like, you know, now that we're more comfortable in front of an audience and stuff mm-hmm. like that, it's like we can really like mess around on stage mm-hmm. in front of people and yeah. it's like a really, really fun thing. And it's off the cuff, it's improv. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Do you kind of... Uh, no, no, I mean like we, we know, we plan it. We make it seem like it's improv. Oh, really? Some of the stuff is improv, but it's like our show is, is written. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's interesting because don't you find to make it easy, to make it look easy in really anything you're doing, you have to put in a lot of work to make it look easy. Yeah. You know, people just probably see you up there and go, they just walked in off the street. Yeah. Whatever popped in their head, they yeah, did, yeah. but they it's don't like, no, we see and all we, the stuff. Yeah, yeah. Going. It's like we've done, you know, we did like 33 of the exact same show right before this one. <laughs> yeah. So. But all comedians are like that. I worked at the Improv in Tempe, Arizona when I got out of college just in the, the ticket booth and stuff, just like a part-time job. And it was funny. You would see all the comedians come through, and they would do Friday, two shows Saturday, two shows mm-hmm. Sunday, like one show. But you would listen to them Sunday, and you would know the punchline by then. Yeah. It was the same thing yeah. every time. Yeah, but you could probably see it like subtly change too, night per night. Yeah. Because they like tweak things and like say things different and stuff like that. I just talked to Jason Nash about this uh, like two weeks ago. And yeah. I, I love talking to comedians. David Tell is one of my favorite comedians. Mm-hmm. And I remember we were talking about this bit he did where I listened to it like 
six months ago, and then I heard it again, and he changed like the words friolator or fryer to friolator, mm-hmm. and like yellow to red. Yeah. And somehow that made it funnier, but yeah. he made these little tweaks in a couple words yeah. in six months, and you know they're kind of constantly honing the joke. Yeah. Do you do you do the same thing? Yeah, yeah, we pretty much did the exact same thing. It was like figuring out how to like restructure, say things a little bit differently. Like, mm-hmm. where do you put like the, um, like where do you like in, put the inflection, like stuff like that. Like, yeah. it, it it really matters. Like that stuff will completely change the the dynamic. It's crazy. And you can only learn that by being on stage. Pretty much, yeah. You can't learn it in your room by yourself. Yeah, because it's like to- it's 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 the instant feedback. Mm-hmm. That's like, then, then your brain's like, oh, this is definitely going to work now. And then you remember that. Is that intoxicating? Because I've talked to a couple of people. I talked to Emma Chamberlain about that too. Is YouTube, you don't get the payoff. You know, you may say something funny right now, or mm-hmm. you could say something funny right now. Mm-hmm. And you don't get the feedback till three weeks later when this posts and you read a comment. Oh, I really like when you said this. Yeah. Where stand-up, you get it immediately. Yeah. Isn't that more satisfying than getting the laugh on YouTube later? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely definitely a rush like nothing else, mm-hmm. for sure. Especially, like, like having just, like, a good show in general. Like, we would leave just feeling ecstatic. But then when it wouldn't go well, it was, like, the worst feeling ever. Like, we're just sitting in the green room, like, oh, my God. Everyone hates us. That was the worst. <laughs> like, like, dude, we had this show in Nashville, our first show in Nashville. And... It was like, I don't know, we just like both eaten Nashville hot chicken right before. So we're like, <laughs> like, like I like, like literally like 45 minutes into the show, I'm like, I have to, I have to shit. Like I'm going to, I'm going to shit on stage. <laughs> and so I'm like, I can't focus. I feel really shitty because I ate these donuts right before we went on stage. Who eats and, hot chicken and, and donuts it, it, yeah, and, before and they like, go on. In Nashville, that's just what you do, I guess. <laughs> And then, like, the acoustics were bad, and it was a standing show. Standing shows are tough, like, when you're doing comedy, because it's like, you really got to keep them, like, interested, because they're, like, they're, they're, first of all, they're, like, tired. Second <laughs> of all, they're, like, more energetic in a way, because they're, like, standing, so they're, like, I'm part of the show. So it's like, we're dealing with that, and these things are going on, like, I, and it's just like, it, it didn't feel like we were getting laughs at all, and after the show, we just, like, felt so shitty about it. You took a shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, took and, a shit and then felt shitty, and then felt very shitty. Felt better, still felt very shitty. <laughs> Do you remember? And it was just like the worst. It was just like the worst feeling. And then we came back to Nashville and did the Nashville Comedy Festival. That was our last show of the last tour, mm-hmm. and we, it was our best show of all of, of ever, of ever. Yeah, <laughs> best show of ever. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was our best show we did on the whole tour, and it was just like so redeeming. Like it just felt so good. Do you remember the bad shows more than the good shows? No, probably the good ones more. Oh, do than you? the bad ones, or maybe maybe equal. Okay. Yeah. You're, you know, I read an interview where you said you're right-brained and left-brained, which is, and it, it just talking with you, obviously that's true, right? You can do the programming, computer science thing. You can do stand-up and the super creative stuff. I find it super rare. Like the comedian can't balance his checkbook. Mm-hmm. Right or the engineer is like a robot and can't make anybody laugh. Mm-hmm. Like, do you realize how rare that is to have? I mean, I don't know. I feel like, yeah, maybe. I I don't know, but I, like everybody I worked with, what I realize is that it, it's not like as separated as you'd think. Like mm-hmm. I was explaining before, like anytime I pick up a new like creative skill or whatever, and mm-hmm. I, I really put work into it, I find that it's really similar to programming, okay. and and. A lot of my past coworkers that were engineers are super creative in finding different solutions and how to like solve stuff with code. Mm. You know, they're bringing these designs to life. Sure. 
and and they're doing it in their own way. And I'm like, this is exactly the same as writing music, as as editing a video. It's the same. Like you're trying you're just, to figure something out. Yeah, you're trying to figure something out. You're trying to fig- like you're trying to find a way to like land a punchline or or you know bring your idea of a funny song to life. Hmm. So I find like it's kind of they're. They're much more interconnected than we think. Like it's not just like I'm a computer person or I'm like an artist. Mm-hmm. It's like a lot of the same. I feel like this is a lot of crossover. It was interesting, and I forgot to talk about this before. You get out of college, and don't you start a greeting company startup? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. App yeah. My, or something. Yeah. Yeah. My friend and I, we so after like a or after two years of working out of college, mm-hmm. I was working for a startup in the Bay Area. He was working for Microsoft. Um, this is a guy who started Cameo. Oh, wow. Yeah. So him and I, we were like basically bored with our jobs. And Don't you wish you started like, Cameo with him? I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I mean, they're killing it, though. Like, That's what it, I'm saying. Like, I've been around since the beginning. Like, I was like one of the first people on it. Uh, so it's like, it's, it's a good thing that we can all. And I've like, you know, it, as, as a creator, it's great for me, too. Let me ask you this. Because I see everybody on Cameo, and I always wonder... Is it worth it? Like, I see, I don't know, whoever on there and some random reality star, and they're mm-hmm. on there for 50 bucks. Mm-hmm. You got to do a lot of cameos to make any money, and cameo gets their cut out of it. So, is it worth it? I mean, you don't really have to do that many. Like, you think 50 bucks, you're making 75%. Okay. Um, so, what's that? 35 which is, bucks? I don't know. Is that what that is? 35? I don't know. I just made that up. Yeah. You're the engineer. Yeah, you like, that. Yeah, exactly. I should just know that. Um, but I mean, like 35 bucks, you do uh, like 100 of them, which isn't that big of a time commitment. You just bang you do, them out? Yeah, 20 seconds every 20 to 30 seconds. Okay. I think probably the average person does like, I don't know, 10 to 30 second cameos or something like that. Okay. It's really not that much time to make 3,500 bucks. Okay. Yeah, when you break it down like that. Yeah. Okay. So it's like, I mean, the product's great. Uh, they're a great team, and they're doing great things. And I'm just like glad I was involved from the beginning. But him and I, basically, at, like at this two-year mark, we neither of us went like abroad during college just because I was on the diving team, so I couldn't do it. And so we had, neither of us had like really traveled. And so we were like, all right, let's now probably the time. We're 23, whatever. Let's we got a little bit of money saved up from this. So let's quit and just backpack. Mm-hmm. For like almost a year, and so we did that, and we were like, Where, while Europe, we were on, did you go? Uh, Southeast Asia oh, in wow, Australia, okay. and um, and so while we were doing that, we were like, let's. I mean, we got to continue writing code and figure out, like, let's like try and start a small business, mm-hmm. just the two of us, since we have this time, and we might as well try and make a little bit, of, little bit of money on the road. Well, how did you have money to go travel Southeast Asia? I mean, you're a broke college kid. How did you? No, we. I mean, it was two years out, so we had saved. Oh, you saved money. Yeah, from yeah, engineering. we had both saved money from engineering. Oh, okay, he gotcha. Had a, you know, working at Microsoft, he was doing great. Okay. Um, and I had some money, and backpacking in Southeast Asia is pretty cheap. Okay, staying in hostels. And yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. We were staying in hostels that are twenty bucks a night. Okay. It's like, and so we uh, basically our small business idea was to create. We had a we like hook basically hooked into a print service that printed greeting cards okay. just on demand. Okay. And so we created this website where it was like you could send some. It was called Hey, and you could send some a, a greeting card that said Hey on the front, and you opened it up and say Fuck you. <laughs> or it would say like Have a shitty birthday, or it would say like you know like Snape kills Dumbledore or something like funny like that, like a spoiler. <laughs> And, and for five bucks, you could send it anywhere in the world. And you would just pick, like we had a whole bunch of greetings written out that you could just pick or you could do a custom one that was like one sentence. And you could send these gift cards out. And so we just started like promoting it a little bit on like Vine and stuff like that. And, 
And it worked. Like, we sold, like, a bunch of them. Like, people would, like, it was hilarious. People would, like, film reaction videos of them mm-hmm. getting these cards and said, hey, fuck you. And they'd be like, what is this? <laughs> it was pretty funny. You've lived a pretty incredible life. Did you, I mean, Duke swimming scholarship? I mean, you've lived, like, an extraordinary life if you break it down. Then you're backpacking, you get, you know, around Southeast Asia. You're coming up with an app at the time. You get active in Vine and social media. You start podcasts. You do YouTube. Did you have, like, any guidance or any, you know, a cool older cousin who was doing different kind of things that, I mean, that both you looked my, up to? Both my parents are like that. Like, they're, they're crazy. They're like... What do you mean? I mean, they're just like, like my... So my mom sold a business, sold a software business when she was young. It was a printing business. My dad um, uh, also sold a software business. And so they were both, like, really, like, they were both really entrepreneurial growing up. And then they both started doing triathlons. And then my, oh. my dad broke the world record for the longest distance traveled in 24 hours by human power. So he like engineered a bike that was like a recumbent bike and rode around on a track for 24 hours straight and broke the world record. And then my mom started doing Ironmans. My dad started doing Ironmans. He qualified. Or I mean, this is getting the timelines mixed, mixed, up, mixed up. But basically, they're like, they're like super athletes. Mm-hmm. They both do uh, like ultra marathons now. My dad runs like 100-mile marathons. And so does my mom. They do like races in Alaska where they're pulling sleds behind them for like 36 hours. They're insane. So they've done like all these crazy things and it's just like... Uh, kind of rubbed know. off? Yeah, I mean, I guess I was just like, just being inspired my whole life like led me to wanting to like do Dude, different things and, and master different stuff. And You were never going to sit and be an engineer for 30 years in one company. I mean, I might have, but I mean like I've always had sort of like a... I guess like an entrepreneurial streak. I hate that word. But it's true. You got yeah, an LLC. I mean, like, you sell product. You you are an entrepreneur. It's All definitely yeah. Are. I mean, it's definitely yeah. It's definitely a business mm-hmm. too. Like as well as and that's like part of it is is balancing like how much you're trying to focus on money because like people you know people see through that stuff and it's like it feels not sincere when you do stuff when you're like oh that video style worked really well or like made a bunch of money let's do that again. It like feels wrong, right? Like, is it, so it's what, an interesting balance of like figuring out like how do I stay true to like the creative side and like really focus on things that are like work on things that I want to work on mm-hmm. that I'm that inspire me and also like balance how do I keep this like how do I keep this business growing basically? Yeah. Is what's cringy on YouTube? Like you mentioned, is that one thing that every time you see you go, "Fuck, you're just." Is it the sponsored gummy hair product on Instagram? Is it? You, this girl just copied the other makeup guru who did this last week. I mean, what makes you cringe with big YouTubers? You know, what what do they do that you just go, shit, again? I don't, like, watch a lot of bigger YouTubers. Me like, either. I'm, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't, like, so it's, like, hard for me to really say what, I, I don't know. Well, what makes you cringe when you're watching YouTube? Like, is, I mean, there, like, is there an overall thing that you go, fuck, you know? Mm-hmm. Or is it, just, is it just unique to every video? I think it's kind of unique to every video, honestly. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, uh, like, obviously, so much of YouTube is cliche now that it's just like, like when I see a vlog of someone, just like a standard vlog mm-hmm. of someone be like, yo, what's up, guys? In the first three minutes is just like... Link them, in bio, bro. Yeah, it's just like them talking about like, <laughs> so today we're going to go to the market and it's going to be crazy and you got to, by the way, guys, you got to pick up my new hoodie because it's blah, blah, blah. And it's like... Oh, that's what it is. You know when a vlog is titled one thing that happens in the vlog, but the vlog is 30 minutes long? Yeah. And you're like, 
you're like, like just like I clicked this video expecting it to be this one thing where you get a new car or something like that, mm-hmm. right? But it's like the 30 minutes like before and after, and you're just like, this is just such an obvious cash grab. You see him negotiating no the, the car deal. breakfast. Yeah, like, yeah. We're going to the car dealership today. Yeah, yeah, to exactly. See some yeah. Yeah. yeah, if it's like got a new BMW, I expect it to start at the dealership, yeah. you know? Clickbaity titles. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. And it seems like that, what do they call it? Like fake excitement. Yeah. You know, we're excited right now. Yeah. What are you excited about? Just being excited. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah, people see through that, but also people have made careers out of that too. Yeah. Douchey vlogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get like, people like watching that stuff. I just don't. Yeah. What do you like to watch on YouTube? Like, I don't really watch a lot of stuff. I watch stuff that's similar to my style. Like, you have some favorite YouTubers? Uh, yeah, like Danny and Drew and um, people like that. But um, I don't watch that much YouTube, honestly. No. no. What do you watch? Like, I watch a lot of The Office right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, my girlfriend and I watch, like, every night we'll, like, put on some new show or something like that. So it's like... Okay. But honestly, like, a lot of my time is spent, like, figuring out, like, watching stuff that I can potentially use in content or writing or, like, trying to figure out, like, my next idea. Mm-hmm. What's the process like? Because I read, it seems like you have a real structured schedule. You know, like you said, I read somewhere where you said, I don't like to work after nine, I shut down at nine. You said you're a morning person, so you wake up. Like, what's an average Wednesday like? Do you go to your office and sit down and write? Or, like, what do you do? Yeah, basically, I'll, like, wake up early. I'll either go, like, um, for a run or surf. Or um, Now I'm kind of working on the afternoon for some reason. But it's like, I don't know, that switches. And then I'll basically, yeah, I'll sit in my office if it's not filled with sewage water. And... I'll either like edit if I have like footage that mm-hmm. I'm editing, or I'll just like write. And write then, anything, comedy, skits. Usually it's my, working on my next video. That just like never really ends. What's your posting schedule? Uh, I mean, like it was every week on like Friday, and now it's like every two weeks pretty much. Cause and the podcast is religious though, right? Every yeah, week? yeah, that's every, every Friday. Then you don't, you don't ever miss that. No, I okay. don't think we've. I don't think we've ever missed it a week, actually. Has it Maybe shifted? One. Is that the priority now? Uh, no, it's just like one of the priorities. What's the other priorities? YouTube videos? YouTube, uh, working on, like, you know, we, me and Noel came out with a, came out with a uh, mixtape in December. Okay. And which has like over 10 million streams now, which is crazy. The whole thing. So we Let me now ask you this like, about, about the streaming world. Yeah. What does 10 million streams mean? I mean, does that make you money? I mean, I mean, do you have to have 100 million people, streams? People, people love to say streaming makes no money. Yeah. We definitely have made, like, a good chunk of money on our music. Okay. Yeah, like, enough to, like, pay our producers nicely. Sure. And have a little bit left over for ourselves to buy new recording equipment and stuff like that. Okay. It's definitely not, like, it's, it's not, like, totally. People bag on it a lot. Spotify, yeah, yeah. they're screwing the artist, no one's getting paid. Yeah, no, we, like, made a decent, like, good, good, like, good enough for us to, like, want to work on more, more music and realize that it's it is can be profitable yeah um so yeah we we did a project in december so now we're like figuring out when our next project like when we're going to work on our next project and then like working on live stuff too at the same time Mm -hmm. because like we want to write a new show a new show for what a new live show oh okay so that we can start using like next year okay um we're going back on tour in august uh, we're doing. Can- it. Where can you get tickets? We're doing Canada in August. When is this going live? Uh, two weeks. Okay, yeah. So tinymetour.com. Um, if you're in Canada or Des Moines or Fargo, 
what kind of tour is that? It's called the Canada Des Moines and Fargo tour. <laughs> so we'll be there in August. And Who then booked this? Is that Canadian our agents, or what? Our agents, yeah. Because okay. like, I think like isn't. Fargo close to the border? Yeah, yeah it's right there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. So it's like a good like wall, like in between. We're just like dipping into the States. Okay, gotcha. And then right back to Canada. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Talk um, about hip hop real quick because I listened and I've got notes here because I forgot the, the tracks. Um, this is another skill you have, like music producer. Cuddlebug I mean, is a silly song, good, but, but yeah. the production was on point and I really like, and we'll insert this here, and I really like um, Frames Freestyle where he took a beat, took one of your beats and then rhymed over which okay. is a great kind of collab yeah how did, the hell did you get with all this other going on when did you get started in hip-hop production it well i mean so like odd. we i don't know if you so we like noel and i were i was making fun of jake paul's song in, in uh in a video like two years ago now okay and it was the song what the fuck? you know his like iconic song uh, is that where he's like on the lamborghini in the video and stuff oh, how can i not remember this right now oh it's every day bro that's what uh, it was okay Jesus, of course what a brain fart so I was like making fun of that song in the video and I was like, I think I could make a better song than this. It was kind of like a challenge. Mm-hmm. And so I like downloaded FL Studio and made this awful beat. And I, I, I had Noel come over because Noel used to rap for real. Okay. And so I used to, or I brought him over and I was like, just rap over this. And he was like, no, I can't do it. And I was like, just do it, man. And so we made this like really stupid song. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't better than it's everyday, bro. But it was like the very first like piece of, like even... Even though it was the shittiest beat ever, it was like the very first beat that I like made. And okay. I was like, this is like really cool. Like I've always wanted to create music from scratch before. Mm-hmm. And just always was like, I would download Ableton in college and then try to conquer the learning curve. And That's just be hard. Like, this, is, this is so intimidating. Like mm-hmm. so many butts, buttons and I have no I idea what's going on. I have no, no music theory knowledge whatsoever. I play drums. That's it. So I have like a little bit of rhythm. So I would just delete it. And it was the very first time that I kind of conquered that first little like, oh, I made something like at least a little bit listenable. Mm-hmm. And that like really made me download Ableton and get back into like finding samples. And like I watched a ton of YouTube tutorials on how to make beats and how to write music and stuff like that. And so it just like has been something I've been doing in the background for a while. And like something I just like, and then working with our producers on our, on our first, um, like our first EP, working with Diamond Pistols on that and then working with our with him again on this newest one and our buddy Spock mm-hmm. who is like a really good like dubstep pr- producer. Did they make all the like beats watching on them? Yeah, yeah. And they, watching them like work. It's like just real like, professionals. Yeah, that's how you learn. Like it's sitting with someone and watching them click around and like watching their process. So that plus watching YouTube tutorials like really made me realize that this is just like anything else. Like I can... I can learn this. I just like got to put time into it. That engineering mind, I'm gonna. Yeah, exactly. This it's like out. it's like core, like music theory and stuff like that. Is all just. It's very math based. Yeah, yeah. It's just like formulas. Mm-hmm. And like, just because I don't know how to play a piano doesn't mean you can't like lay chords down, as long as you know what you're doing and and it sounds good. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of equipment? I mean, this may be boring to some people. It's interesting to me. Like, yeah. are you using samplers? Are you using keyboards? Like, what do you use physically to come up with beats? I mean, like. A lot of it is just like finding, it's like sounds, it's like samples, samples. Yeah. A lot of it is samples. And then just like figuring or like finding the right sounds with like, you know, plugins like Omnisphere and stuff like that, which is just like synthesizers that come, you know, with like a bunch of presets. Okay. So like, you know, thousands and thousands of presets. It's just like clicking down, finding a cool sound, mm-hmm. writing a little melody and then putting some drums behind it basically. I mean, I'm not the best at it yet, but like. No, your production, um, I, I listen to the SoundCloud stuff and we'll put it up here. I was really impressed. Oh, I mean, it wasn't a 
douchey YouTube yeah. song. <laughs> yeah, no, no offense to Jake yeah, Paul, yeah. but every YouTuber has a song. Yeah. And 99% of them are fucking awful. Yeah. But this was like real production. Yeah. And it, it sounded like it could be a SoundCloud rapper's oh. beats or something. I was like really Thank impressed. Thank you. I appreciate it. What? I'm getting a little bit better at making beats. I got to keep just staying. You just got to consistently keep doing it. That's like basically the just only practice. way you get better at it. Yeah. yeah. Who do you look up to? Like who are some of the producers that are your guys that you go, man, you know? I mean, like, all, like, the, you know... The normal I've ones. spent hours and hours watching all the internet money guys produce, and then people like my buddy Aries and Ramzoid, who are both, like, started out as YouTube producers and then now have their own, like, artist projects that are doing really good. Um, people like that really inspire me because it's, like, you see the process mm-hmm. and you see how good they are because... And you're learning right from, the, from them. Yeah. Um, so, you I mean, know, like, you know Scott Storch? Yeah, yeah, of course. I follow yeah. him on Instagram, yeah. and he's smoking weed 24-7, yeah. but yeah. to watch him come up with a beat yeah. is, like, incredible. Or to watch him play on piano with Dr. Dre, yeah. beat that he did. Yeah, I mean, he, you watch people like him and people like, you know, like, Zaytoven and stuff like that produce, yeah. and they're so, like, they've been doing it for so long, and Zaytoven's such, like, a good, like, piano player that you're just like, these guys are, like, if you were to watch them produce, you'd be like, I, I never want to do this, yeah. because they're so good already, it's like... Yep. How it, that's not really inspiring to me. That's a yeah. little bit like this is not accessible because I'm not like gifted. Yep. But like that's why I think like watching the like, you know the YouTube producers or whatever work is so cool. Is because it's like it's oh my god, attainable. like this is, yeah. It's like this isn't that many steps from from something that I could be doing right now. All I got to do is download. You know, I could I could just copy what they do in one video, which I've done plenty of times. Yep. And then change it, mold it, figure out my own. You know. Uh, uh, angle on whatever they did and then it's my own thing yeah. and that, that's kind of where punk rock came from because they would look up to bands like Yes and Led Zeppelin and stuff in the 70s and go I, you know some kid in their garage go I could never create something like this but I could play three chords yeah. and then when the Ramones did it and other people said I can do that I can't do what Led Zeppelin's doing, but I can figure out three chords. Yeah. It sounds like that's kind of the same thing for you. Yeah. I can't do what Zaytoven's doing. Yeah. But that YouTube guy who showed me, yeah. I can download Fruity Loops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can yeah, handle yeah. something. It's like I might not be able to like lay down a beautiful piano melody like off the cuff, but I can like I can struggle at like putting MIDI notes in for a while and come up with something like sorta decent. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, um, yeah, it's cool. I mean, I'm just gonna keep doing it and Music is something that like is definitely like crazy fulfilling. Mm-hmm. Like coming out with something and having people actually listen to it, it's like an amazing feeling. Is it the high you get off where, when you get off stage for stand up? Yeah, it and it's like when you post a new video. Same thing. Yeah, and reading the comments and stuff like that, it's kind of the same same sort of rush. Is that kind of what fuels you somewhat to get that? Like for me, posting days, I'm not big or anything, but if I get three hundred thousand views on a video, for me, that's huge. It's like yes. Yeah. Like it's that feeling or when you get a bunch of good comments. Yeah. It is kind of a rush. Is, is that yeah, part of yeah. what fuels yeah. you? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I feel like it, that kind of fuels all YouTubers. It's and also kind of like people. the demise of a lot of YouTubers too. What do you mean? <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's a weird sort of like, like dopamine cycle where you post and you get this crazy rush and then all of a sudden you feel relaxed for like 20 minutes and then all of a sudden you're worried about, okay, what's the next post? Yeah. And it's just like this awful like cycle of like trying to maintain what you've built, yep. you know what I mean? Whereas I feel like in, in more traditional industries, it's like you can spend time writing something for a while mm-hmm. and not have to worry about like, you know, fading away or like whatever, you know? know? You can write something and work on it for a while and you can come, you know, these are people that have- If you write a book. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You, you've yeah. got two years, three years, yeah. you could kind of craft it. Which and, I think is the same, 
with YouTube too. Like if I spent like a year working on a new video or whatever, I feel like some people would watch it. But like you have this fear of like I need to keep doing it. Like a you know. And plus, there's something like Howard Stern always says. Like every entertainer has a giant hole in their soul they're trying to constantly fill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like the same thing. If you waited a year, yeah, would you be would you be feeding the beast enough? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I feel like, yeah, I mean, I feel like with YouTubers, no, that's the thing. It's because we're, like, built programmed. into this, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. We're, like, programmed now to expect, like, this dopamine rush every week. Yep. And it's just, like, a little bit not sustainable. I think that's where the YouTube burnout comes from, which I don't know if you heard that phrase. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. I interviewed Alicia Marie. She was the first person I heard that actually talked about that. Yeah. And when I talked to her about it, it was, as an outsider, as a normal person watching this, and that's kind of the view I take of you guys, she was telling me her schedule, and it was ridiculous. She would, I think she'd post on Wednesday or something, so she would shoot Friday, or maybe she would post, like, Monday. So she would shoot Friday, edit all day Saturday, Sunday, post Monday, be exhausted, take Tuesday off, Wednesday have to start thinking about ideas again, buying yeah. props, yeah. getting people to collab with, yeah. and there's no days off. And it just goes yeah. on and on and on. I mean, it's kind of like just having a normal job. <laughs> I guess so, right? It's just like these... People that have never had a normal job complain about their crazy schedule, and it's like, yeah, but like, yeah. You think about like most people, like out of college and stuff like that, the are putting in way this. more than forty hours a week doing whatever they're doing. Yeah, so it's like just having a normal job, honestly. But it is like this fear of like having what you've built and what you put so much work into mm-hmm. for some reason going away. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's. I just feel like there's not a lot of like confirmed like job security. There's not, and think about who. And so it's kind of like this, like nagging thing where you're like, God, I gotta keep, I gotta keep going, and I gotta go even harder than I did like last month. Otherwise, like this is all just gonna go away. But you do because think of like big YouTubers four, three, four years ago. Yeah. Where are they at now? Yeah. Fewer around. Shane Dawson and those guys are still around. Yeah. Right? You're still around, but yeah. A lot of them are gone and were, you know parking cars in Venice somewhere. <laughs> I mean, yeah, or they're yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, I feel like it's a, it's a really fragile thing because it's also like this really does like affect mental health and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like the YouTube burnout is just because people get like legitimately depressed and like anxious. And I I know in the past two years I'm the most anxious I've ever been. I didn't even know what anxiety was. <laughs> no way. Never had it in my entire life. Like never had. Like was always like a pretty just like optimistic person. Mm-hmm. Um, when things didn't work out, I was like, oh, they'll work out eventually, whatever. <laughs> and then, like, in the past two years, it's switched where it's like I've started, like, having panic attacks and stuff like that. And it's just, like, hmm. it's, like, just, it's weird. And I think it's just from this, like, kind of, I mean, it's it's manageable now. It's it's learning how to, like, manage it, right? It's learning mm-hmm. how to, like, um, tell yourself that it's fine and make sure you, like, actually make time for relaxing and stuff like that. Like, I've had two, probably, I can think of two legit panic attacks and it was so scary. If you never had a panic attack, I remember I was going for a run, and I got done, normal run, had you know my phone on, listening to music, get in my car when I'm done. I'm driving home, you know, I was running in a park, and I get to a light making a left turn, and it was like I was having a heart attack. I'm like freaking out, and I didn't even know if I could make it to the light turn green, like yeah. to pull over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, because I yeah. could pull over, so I'm yeah, making yeah. a left. Yeah, Sweating, freaking out. Yeah. Like, is that the same experience you had? Yeah, yeah, it was exact. I mean, I've talked about this before, um, but yeah, like it was. A, I've only ever had now one real one, mm-hmm. and then like a few like after shocks or whatever. <laughs> sure, um, like an earthquake. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But the first one was yeah, I felt exactly like that. I just didn't know what was happening. I was like, I'm definitely dying. Like I've never felt something this bad in my entire life. What so were you doing? Definitely were you? dying. I was just on my way to. Uh, I had woken up. I was like, 
I was a little bit hungover because I'd gone out the night before, so I didn't get much sleep. And then I was on my way. It was like a Saturday, and I was Ubering to do this like brand deal. And so it was like a, you know, it was like a, it was a six flags. So it was like an hour and a half Uber. Mm-hmm. And we're on the 405, and we're in this bumpy Uber. And all of a sudden, I just like, I, I got scared for some reason, and then the fear just like started snowballing. Mm-hmm. And then, and then it was like this awful feeling that I've never had where I was like the only, like there was nothing I could do to like get comfortable, you know, like nothing. I tried laying down and whatever and this fear, or like it wasn't even fear, it was just like this awful feeling. Started sweating the whole thing and mm-hmm. I was like, I'm dying. I have to be dying. Like this has to be the feeling that ha- like comes with death because I don't know what else it is. What was the Uber driver doing? Did he see you or going was, something? Yeah, because I was like, I'm with my girlfriend and I'm like, I, I think we got to go to the hospital. And he was like, are you okay? And I was like, no, I'm not. And my girlfriend's like, you're okay, you're okay. I'm like, I'm not okay, I'm dying. And so he's like, I was like, can you just go to the next hospital? And he's like, yeah, I don't know where there's a hospital. And my girlfriend, I was like, just look it up. And so my girlfriend's looking up hospitals and we get him to drop us off at one. And then we're like, all right, thanks, bye. (laughs) And so he like, you know, what was a 90 minute Uber turned into like a 15 minute Uber. (laughs) Um, That's wild. Do you have any, I mean, we're almost out of time, but do do you have any advice for I'm sure a lot of your fans kind of go through the same thing. Like, what have you done to kind of not conquer it, but manage it, like you said? Anxiety? Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just like finding, slowing down a little bit, I think. Like, just trying to slow down, find things that you like working on, that you can, like, heads down work on, don't, not worry about, like, what other people are thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, yeah, I, I'm sure meditation and stuff like that helps, too. I haven't really added, like, added time for meditation during mm-hmm. my day, but... It's hard. Um, yeah. It's honestly like, I don't know. It's, it's, I haven't quite figured it out. Like, I feel like it's just kind of faded from the last time, but maybe I'm just like, maybe now I'm in the upswing of another panic attack. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't really, like, it feels like I'm getting better at managing it, but maybe I'm not. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like this weird thing that just is kind of new to me. We'll see how the Uber goes on the way home. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I'm, I'm sweating right now. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, yeah, man. Yeah. You said it all. Yeah. I appreciate you coming in. I appreciate you doing this, yeah, too. Yeah, for sure. Thanks Interesting for conversation. Yeah. I saw some awkward interviews you've done on YouTube in the past. <laughs> Hopefully this was better than that. Yeah, no, this one was good. No, I appreciate it. What else are you promoting? You got some merch, too? Uh, yeah, you can get my merch, shopcodyco.com. Okay. Um, tour my podcast. Yeah, tour tour tickets, tinymeattour.com. Tiny Meat Gang is the, is the podcast, so yeah, check it out. All right. Cool. Thanks, guys. You were under the influence. We all were. Thanks for listening to this episode of Under the Influence. Please subscribe to this podcast, rate, and comment. It will really help us out. Don't forget to check out our video episodes on youtube.com forward slash Tom Ward interviews. And you can always connect with Tom on social at MOT Draw One.